Now, News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Good evening, everybody. Cheryl Besner, solo in the city, your certified dating coach and your matchmaker here on CJAD 800 and iHeartRadio. We are all about relating, dating and mating. And remember, tonight we are on Facebook Live. If you want to check us out, Ramona is going to be giving you the behind the scenes look at what's going on. And you can comment to us there. Or, you know, I love hearing from you. You can call me 790 790- 0800, or if you like to hide behind your screen, you can do that too at star 8255. I love getting your texts. I want to hear from you no matter which way you want to reach out to me tonight. Tonight's show is based on, well, it's April. April brings April fools. So I wanted to talk tonight about fools in love or really about how to be smart in our dating because we do have to be smart. One of the things that really struck me actually why I was thinking about this was the fact that you know, when we're in our 20s, you know, we think we're fearless or we, we actually do think we're fearless and we're invincible and we're not. But the fact is though, whatever we're doing when we're in our 20s and our 30s and we don't necessarily have any commitment and we don't have any responsibility to another person, well, what happens when we're in our 50s and we're dating again. Because the fact is, that's when we really have to be smart about our dating because things that can happen when we're in our 20s or our 30s and we start dating and we're going out into the world, the unknown world, and meeting people that we don't know, we have to be even smarter because the fact is, we do have responsibility. We have children, sometimes grandchildren, that rely on us. And the fact is, Dating should be fun. Meeting people should be fun. Connections should be fun. Relationships are going to be great. But the dating world does have a lot of unexpected. Think about it. When we were in our teens even, and we started dating, our dates came home to meet our parents. Our parents wanted to know where we were going and who we were seeing. So why don't we do that now? Well, we should. So we're going to be talking about that. So Fools in Love, well, it's going to be about also the things that we do that sometimes we go afterwards, why did I write that text? Or why did I say that? And the fact is, every time we say something or we do something that we question, it's a learning experience. So we're going to be talking about all that tonight. But as always, I love being here for you and getting your questions. And this week, I went into the inbox and I pulled out a question that came in. And it's interesting because it was very much targeted right at me because it's from a 50-year-old divorcee who has been dating a 56-year-old divorced man for over a year now. She writes, he is a former aerospace aerospace engineer and is quite intelligent, very generous and overall a nice guy. But here is my issue. He has a rather blue sense of humor and given to telling very inappropriate jokes using swear words. It's not so bad when we're alone, but at gatherings with friends and family, I'm embarrassed. I asked him to take the tone down in public, but he says it is who he is and won't change. I don't understand why such a well-educated guy uses such potty mouth, I love that potty mouth, and why he won't stop. This could be a deal breaker for me. What do I do? Well, here's the thing. First of all, you shouldn't be embarrassed. It's not your behavior. This is 
him. So if anyone should be embarrassed, which obviously he's not, it should be him. So don't take things that our partners do onto us. Those things that our partners project and put out there for other people is on them. And you didn't raise him. You have no responsibility for that. Now, the other part is, though, you can't think you're going to change somebody. If he is 56 years old, he has probably been doing this his whole life, and he might try to curb it for you a little bit. But chances are, whenever he's out there being real, being authentic, being who he is, which is what he's telling you, this is who I am, you're going to have to accept it. And if it's your deal breaker, well, that's what you have to know. You have to know for yourself your deal breakers. That's the one thing I tell people all the time. Make a list of deal breakers. The fact is, for a lot of people, that wouldn't be high on the list, but it might be high on your list. So if it's bothering you to that extent, think about it. Talk about it one more time, but don't try and change them because that is not going to happen. Sorry. The fact is, though, I do want to say sometimes when we do love somebody on other issues, we do try and rise to the occasion. And usually men, they really do want to please you. So he might be trying. He just might not get there all the way. Now, I wanted to talk about some dating news, and this was from AskMen.com. They did a study, and they found out that the type of person you're attracted to, both physically and personality-wise, is definitely from your childhood. The characteristics are there. And the fact is, they said, you will keep attracting the same type of person over and over again. The study even showed that they did a survey of over a thousand people, past and present relationships, and all the respondents seemed to have a specific type they like. And it didn't matter whether it was their attributes, social habits, intelligence, hobbies, and religion. It all came down to family, schooling, and the way they were brought up. So the fact is, if you want to change it, you have to know where you're coming from and you have to recognize your pattern. And if you're happy with the people that you keep attracting, that's great. If you're not, that's when you have to address your patterns. Know where they're coming from. You're not going to change who you are, but you can change how you deal with those people, those issues, and the things that you need to change in yourself to change who you're going to attract in the future. If you want to talk about any of these things, remember, we're here tonight on CJAD 800, all hour long, taking your calls 790-0800 or star 8255. This is what we're here for. Remember, this show is about you. But it's also about you sharing. And tonight, we're actually going to do the share with shares a little bit later on, because I take your texts and I take them very seriously. And I love the way that we're having this communication on social media, on this radio show, because if we kind of bring this community together, guess what, we're going to grow the community and we're going to support each other through all the changes, all the challenges that relationships bring to us. Now, getting back to tonight's show and talking about fools in love. You know, it was April Fools and we did uh, put out on social media today asking the question about what's the most foolish thing that ever happened to you on a date. And I I thought I would open it up with a little um, rendition of my own thing. And that was I went out on a date, um, I guess around four years ago. And it was just when I started my 
pre or post divorce dating. And I walked into a restaurant to meet a specific person. And I guess I had mixed up the pictures from my match.com at the time. And I went over to one person at the bar because we were meeting actually at a countertop at a restaurant and introduced myself to who I thought looked like the person in the picture who <laughs> was the total opposite and it was actually the person sitting three seats down who said I think you're supposed to meet me and they had nothing in common we're talking about brunette versus blonde and their statue was completely different so I think that was one of my most embarrassing moments because it showed that I wasn't being attentive to the person that I had been communicating with on Match.com. And it also showed that maybe I had gone on a few too many dates that week. So um, it, was, it wasn't necessarily the best way to first meet someone. Anyway, I want to introduce to you tonight um, my first guest. She is a wonderful woman. She is a mother of three, a grandmother. She is an author. She just wrote a book called Missing, A True Story of a Childhood Lost. And when we talk about our past, meeting our present, and what it means in a relationship, Marnie Grunman would know exactly what that's all about. So welcome to the show, Marnie. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. So I want to I want to touch a little bit on your book, because I want people to understand where you're coming from a little bit. So this book is from your childhood. And it is a story of you living a life with abuse, and then hitting the streets. Yes, um, I hit the streets for the final time when I was 13, and that lasted about over three years. A year and a half of that, the first year and a half, was as a homeless youth. And everything, the book's about everything that I went through when I was on the streets, what led me there, and also about healing and getting on the other side of it and becoming healthy so I can have relationships. <laughs> or a relationship would be nice. <laughs> well, you did have a relationship though, right? So, yes, so, yes. But the first one actually is reflective of your childhood because you oh. married somebody very young, correct? I, I was very young and he was 13 years older and it was a very um, parental relationship and I grew up with him, which was a good thing for me at that time because that's exactly what I needed. Unfortunately, that's also what I outgrew. We're going to find out exactly what it is that attracted Marnie into her dating and relationship world. Coming up, we're going to be joined as well by Tim, who is going to be joining the Cupid's Table. We're also going to have Share with Share later on in the show as I share with you your texts that are coming in and a special guest surprise right here on Solo in the City on CJAD 800. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. It's April Fool's Day, and we are having a dance party in the studio in celebration of dating smart. Okay, well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. You know, April Fool's is finished. I don't know if any of you were tricked this month, but, you know, I, Marnie... I, I'm so glad you're joining us today. We, we have Marnie Grumman here. She's the author of Missing a True Story of a Childhood Lost. And, and when you think of it, 
it sounds so sad, yet <laughs> look at how positive a life has come out of that for you. Uh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, I'm, very, I'm definitely very lucky to be here in one piece. And um, writing the book, which sounds so sad, is the reason that I healed. It put me on the other side because I had to process everything along the way. So... I'm fortunate, you know. You're very, very fortunate. And and I did want to go back as we were talking about your first marriage, which was a little bit of a reflection of coming off the streets and having, you know, th- this childhood that was not perfection and where you didn't understand the love and you married somebody and it was very, very short. Yes. And then you married somebody again afterwards, who was yes. the father of your three children. Yes. Right. Yes. So, well, the father, uh, he adopted yes. them. So essentially, yes. Um, I was 19 the first time I got married. And because of being abused as a child and the way that I was brought up, I married somebody who would then in turn abuse me. So I suffered through domestic violence and spent a uh, little over a year in that before I got out, met my ex-husband, the one who rescued me and raised me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so childhood and, and the things that happen to us when we're young definitely come into our adult life and our relationship world. And we do play it out. You know, I was talking about patterns before and right. the patterns keep on coming until we break it. So you were looking for somebody at the time to take care of you and nurture you and be the father, as you were telling me, right? Right. With, without realizing that, that that's the thing, right? When you're younger, you don't realize why what your pattern is or why you're getting involved in a particular relationship. It's not until you become a little wiser and uh, start to realize that some things don't work for you and, and look inside yourself to figure out why that is and what are the choices and what are you drawing to you. And so that's... I, I say I'm a work in progress. I think we all are. Um, and that's a part of the process of dating smart, right? Well, exactly. And and the thing that, that um, is very important is to know that you have started to change those patterns and you recognize them now because you and I were having a little coaching session <laughs> before, right? And, and the fact is with each relationship, some people even today when I was asking the question about, you know, being foolish in love and a couple of people wrote in and said, well, I was foolish. I gave my heart to the wrong person. And the fact is, you're even shaking your head here. I, I want you at home to know that she is shaking sh- her head. No. It, it's no, it's it's not about that. Because yeah. actually, when we give love, we give love. And what we learn from it is what makes us grow and move forward. And you've done that for yourself. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and when we give love, sometimes I remember that comment about giving it to the wrong person. You, you really shouldn't look at it that way. You should look at it the way that, that you just phrased that as there's no mistake in loving somebody. If somebody takes advantage of you or does the wrong thing, that's not a reflection of you. Be the loving person that you are and love is going to come back in other ways, you know? Well, and you learn from each one, just like you learned Absolutely. from your first marriage and, yep. and now as you go forward and you've had a few relationships since then and each one of them has taught you something more about the ultimate goal and the relationship that you want to be in. But one of the interesting things is in in our conversation, and I'd like you to share this a little bit, was the fact that you realized finally that you had to go back and you had to address certain things in your life and, and in your case, write this book yeah. to be able 
to really break those patterns and address them, right? Yes. And I had to take ownership of my behaviors and the coping mechanisms that worked when I was a child that don't work as an adult. Like we were talking about, you know, when you have conflict with the person that you care about and not bailing, whether you're you're doing it, as we were saying, oh, this is over, this is the end, or running out physically. It's not a fair way to fight. It's not a way that you give somebody um, security. And if you really want to be in a relationship, you have to be mindful of those things. Well, a lot of people when they are in relationships and they're there, they get into a conflict, they do run out, they either run out a door. And in your case, you were falling <laughs> back into the old pattern of literally running out the door and to the street back to your, your apartment now yep. that you're an adult, right? So not necessarily the best way. And, and that's about dating yeah. smart, which is what we're talking about here tonight with, you know, April being here and it and triggering the smarter way to do certain things instead of the you know, the, the foolish way to do something, even though nothing is foolish when it comes to these relationships. I, I do want to clarify that. So that's what we're talking about tonight on CJAD 800 with Marnie Grumman. I want to welcome to the show also right now, um, Tim Mortazov. He is the founder of Smart Match, and he's also a health activist. And that's a, an app that matchmakers like myself and many others use to help us match quicker and smarter the people that are in our database. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you. Very nice to meet you. Well, it's good to be here. Now, if anybody uh, wants to call in, we are here taking your calls, 7900800. If you have any questions for Marnie or for Tim or myself, or you just want to make a comment about how you date smart or things that have happened that have made you wonder, like in the morning, oh, I could have had a V8 kind of thing. It was one of those moments. Um, we're here accepting your calls or your texts at star 8255. So Marnie, when it comes to your presence stage and, <laughs> and being back out there, and it's interesting because your son yeah. in your book writes about the fact that he's been in your, the man in your life, it's right? True. All these yep. years, yes. right? So when you go out and you're dating now, are you very conscious of where you've come from and the different things that you've learned about yourself? Or do you just kind of go headstrong when you're dating? Oh, no, old Marnie went headstrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what wasn't working. Um, no, I'm, I'm really thoughtful about my choices. And I'm thoughtful about who I go out with and whether or not I'm going to go on a second date kind of thing or or beyond that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm more conscious of just reading the sing signals and really listening to the other person and, and watching who they are as well. And uh, hopefully that'll help in, as I'm out there again now. So... Um, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm going to take care of that part. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to get to the matchmaker at <laughs> the work. The matchmaker is going to come out. But, but Tim, you've, you've now been in the matchmaking business for, for quite a while uh, with the development of this app. You must see a lot of people or, and the matchmakers talking about their clients and, and, you know, we get a certain amount of information, but actually being able to help people change the way in which they I'm going to use the word vet because that's what matchmakers do. You know, we really go into vetting people who would be the right matches. This is something that your app doesn't go into that level, right? It it really goes into the the physicality and the hobbies of it. But the actual vetting part is something that has to come from 
one-on-one communication, right? Uh, absolutely, yes. Um, actually, as you probably imagine, I come from the world of systems and processes yes. <laughs> and technologies. So for me, it's like an eye-opening experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I l- I'm learning a lot from matchmakers. These are usually, um, actually most of them are very passionate and very skilled, uh, intuitive individuals. And uh, I- I'm, I'm learning a lot about relationships, psychology. So for me, it's a whole new world. Um, and uh, yes, I'm discovering that technology actually is there just to, you know, to help them organize uh, information. The rest, it's it's really up to matchmakers. They are amazing at putting together intuitively most of the time who is going to match with whom. You and know? and you yourself are in the dating world. You're yeah. in a, you're dating somebody now, from what I understand, right? Okay. How did you meet that person? Um, on Maj.com, uh-huh. uh, almost a year ago. And uh, it's a wonderful uh, person. And, uh, you know, for like almost a year, I'm just uh, um, feeling wonderful and enjoying the relationship. And were you afraid of relationships before that? Um, uh, not that I was afraid of it, but I was... Um, probably afraid of myself. I, I didn't know right. myself very well. I, I, not to say I know myself much better now, but well, I, I can am, help you I'm with that. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that on, on, on the next segment, actually, if you want. We can do a little coaching. But I, I, I wanted to go there only because you do come from that very technological world, yet you're in contact with people who actually do the connection part of it and where we're using our feelings and where where we're using our intuition. And that's something, Marnie, that you're learning to do on your own, become your own matchmaker and use your intuition. Yeah, I've always used my intuition, but now I'm using it in a different way. I mean, before it was for survival. <laughs> now it's for survival. <laughs> but, but survival and... And love. And, lear- yeah. and love, Love right? and learning, yes. We are talking tonight about smart dating. Coming up, have you ever felt a little bit foolish in love? I would love you to call and share your stories with us at 7900800. Remember, we are on Facebook Live, so you can check us out and you can communicate with us right now through there. Register on Solo in the City. Just go to solointhecity.tv. Put in your email and your name and you might win date night out. Tonight it is going to be Cartel. Food and Bar is where we're drawing our date night out for. And you get 15 minutes with me. This was all about spreading the love right here on Solo in the City on CJAD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I am your dating coach, and I want to remind you, if you want, Solo in the City does have a dating site, so you can sign up now. And joining me still at Cupid's Table, Marnie Grunman, author of Missing, A True Story of a Childhood Lost. And Tim is from Smart Match, and he's also a health activist. And welcome back to the Cupid's Table. And I want to remind everybody, you can call us as well. 
790-0800, or you can send in your text. So we're talking about smart dating, and it was a spinoff from April Fool's, and, you know, having things kind of pranks done to you, not done to you. And I have a text here from Patrick, and it's, he said this, I was so annoyed of her playing with her phone at dinner, then at the bar, then in the club with her friends doing the same thing. So I ditched her without saying anything. First date and last night. She was hot, but who cares? It felt great to not be foolish. So I'm subject, laugh out loud, and I have two. I'll do it again. What do you think of that? A woman constantly on her phone, one date after, or one place after another after another. Man or woman, it's rude. I would leave. <laughs> I think he did the right thing. Yeah, actually, it seems that they went to like three different places. Yeah. I think I would have done it after the first. What about you, Tim? Um, you know, I'm kind of tolerant to things like this. If they need to be with the phone, whatever. Um, you know, no reason for me to leave, you know. If, if they need to be on the phone? If they have to be, you know, texting. Uh, it, I, I suppose that's what they need to do. So let uh, them do it. Foster also wrote, same here. She was glued to her phone. So when I finished my steak, I went to the bathroom. Ten minutes later, when she texted me, I told her, thanks for, the <laughs> I thanks for the lovely dinner. Too bad I was eating alone. Have a great evening. I imagine she wasn't so pleased with all the profanity she was sending me back. <laughs> but I bet she never paid for the dinner either because she wouldn't look up. We were at Coup de Cheval. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he actually just left and let her pay the bill. I know everybody's sitting here with an open mouth. Do you have an open mouth? Like, what? What? How are you responding to this? Call me, seven nine zero zero eight hundred. I really want to hear how you're reacting to this. So, this is like bad form dating, right? Right, Tim. Well, you hopefully get you know a conversation that is without any interruption, and you pay attention to each other. Hopefully, well, ideally, that's what a date is all about. <laughs> You kind of you're kind of there to get to know the person, but but a lot of people do resort to that phone and they start texting. To me, the only excuse to have a phone on a date is if you have young children and you possibly have a new babysitter or somebody that that might need to contact you, and that's it. And I always tell my clients that have young children, if you're going on a date and you need to have that contact, then tell the person as you sit down and put the phone on, I'm just leaving it here and I will only look at it if it's from my home number. So, so morning, let's uh, talk a little bit about your dating life right now. Okay. So no, but it's very serious because you have this past that, you know, really did play a big role in your relationships now and right. or leading up to now. Do you think that, that that whole aspect of your life and living on the streets and coming from abuse, do you think that it makes you want to attach faster or do you think it actually puts up a wall for you? Well, I've been in both places and now I'm more in the middle. <laughs> Um, and I think because part of it is no longer past in a way because it's a present part of my life because of what I'm doing. Um, so like I go on a date and now it's like I'm not explaining my past. They've either read the book or, or seen what I'm doing. So I don't really have an opportunity to put up those walls anymore. 
Um, I do move in slow motion now, though, much more so than when I was younger, because I want to know what the other person is about more. Well, that's one of the things that I always talk about is really to take your time, whether you come from, you know, a, a childhood like yourself, or not. The fact is, if we want a relationship, getting to know the other person is what it's all about. If you just want to get together with somebody, have a sexual encounter, that's great, and, and go for it. But if you want to have a relationship, getting to know the person on an intimate level, which means their head, their, you know, their, their thought process, who they are deep down, you only get to see that with time. Absolutely. Because when, when we go on a date, what do we do? We get dressed up, we, you know, put our best foot forward, we're, we're not pretending, but we're, we're making the best impression that we can. And the only way you kind of unravel that and get to the real person is through comfort and time. But are you looking, are you still looking for somebody to take that control? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tim? When when you started dating again, did you did you have a very clear understanding of how you wanted to enter a relationship? I know you you said earlier that you're still trying to find yourself, which again I can help you with. I would be happy to. <laughs> but do you think that you had a better understanding of at least who, who what kind of relationship you wanted to be in? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. You know, after um, a long marriage and, uh, you know, hard divorce, because men, men, you know, like women, have a hard time uh, divorcing, um, you are basically totally in a, you know, in a, such a state of mind, you're not really sure what to expect. But then slowly, surely, you, you get to, um, you know, get to have fun. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very social experience. So you, you get to kind of like socialize with people that you don't, you never met before and uh, slowly you know it becomes very you know actually enjoyable experience well we have to take risks in our dating world i mean there there's there's uh, we have to take risks in every day of our life actually i mean that's what makes us grow that's what pushes us forward right and in every case that risk can come from a different place right you're diff you're you're protecting yourself differently you were protecting yourself from your divorce tim in your way and marnie you were protecting yourself as well do you find also that that protection mechanism is also coming from your kids into your dating world well i definitely get advice <laughs> <laughs> my son being one of the advisors um and I mean, my kids are adults now. So we, we do talk to each other, but they're still not my peers. So, you know, they're always going to be my children. Um, I, I'm thoughtful about everything that I do, you know, and um, not so thoughtful that I'm not going to have fun and, and, and take a risk. But I'm thoughtful in terms of I don't want to waste anybody's time or, or my time. I don't want to like lead somebody on and go on a date that I know there's no possibility, that sort of thing. I risk more in putting myself out there and just being vulnerable and open. And I think when, when you're that, then that's when the intimacy be becomes something. And the vulnerability is the thing that is the hardest to let go of, but we have to do it. 
Coming up, we're going to still be here to take your calls or your text 7900800 or star 8255. I want to leave you with this thought. Lynn wrote in the strangest thing that happened to her on a date was she went on a date with a funeral director who brought her flowers from the funeral home. Not very romantic, she wrote. <laughs> also coming up, we're going to be drawing the dinner date for you at Cartel and announcing where this week's dinner date is going to take you to. So either way, if you want to win, get onto soulinthecity.tv and register. Coming up, my special guest will also be joining us here at Cupid's Table. Wait till you see who she is. But if you're on Facebook, you already know. You're listening to Solo in the City on CJAD 800. Make every minute worth it, baby. This for Arsha, baby. Watch this. I done been around the world, I done kissed a lot of girls, so I'm guessing that it's true. <laughs> Make me holler and I bet a million dollars. Don't nobody kiss it like you. <laughs> Don't nobody kiss it like you. Don't nobody kiss it like you. Yo, man. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Fools in love and smart dating. That's what we've been talking about tonight. I'm your certified dating coach and your matchmaker. And I want to remind you, I do have a 24-hour call center. I always try and get back to you within 24 hours. The number to call is 844-744-SOLO. Also, register online for the draws. You know it. It's solointhecity.tv. When you register, you get a chance to win a date night out and you get 15 minutes free coaching with me and I love coaching so don't be afraid take advantage and call me or email me and set it up we are being joined once again with Marnie and Tim are still at Cupid's table Marnie your book I mean it's it's a true inspiration um, missing a true story of a childhood loss now people can get this on your website right yes and Tim, we're going to get back to a little bit about the smart match because it's going to be hitting my website too, very, very soon so that people can get on there and get part of my database, which, by the way, I want to remind everybody is not part of the Soul in the City dating site. This is to be in the matchmaking portion of Soul in the City, the dating and mating matchmaking part of it so that's going to be up very soon I want to thank you Tim for uh, creating that up now I do want to welcome right now to the show a very special person uh, she is an international burlesque dancer and recently also became a yoga instructor Scarlett James we all love you <laughs> thank you for having me I'm so happy to be here well I'm, I'm so happy to have you and and the reason I, I really wanted Scarlett to join us I mean first of all I, you have an energy ab around you that is effervescent and it's so contagious, right? I mean, yeah, she steps she into the, the, the studio and uh, for anybody listening, I, go to your computer right now, open it up, look at Facebook Live on Solo in the City or Cheryl Besner and Co. And uh, you can see everybody at the panel and um, 
wave high to us. <laughs> so Scarlett, talk to us about your show next weekend. Well, it's Saturday night, Montreal Scandal. It's a little bit of an homage of uh, Montreal of the 1940s, but at the same time, well, I wanted to celebrate the 375th anniversary. Yes, it's, it's a big coming deal. up. It is huge. So the burlesque show, of course, it's a story of tease and seduction, but mainly it's about love. We know nothing about that, right, Marnie? Exactly. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> so actually, be a great place to take a date you know because um, I don't know ladies are very much in love with burlesque it kind of kills the inhibition a little bit and, and breaks the ice very much and uh, it's not enough provocative to put anyone uncomfortable on quite the opposite it just kind of sets the mood for a it, romantic evening it is I and I've I've seen most of your shows, actually, and uh, look forward to that one as well. And and the interesting part about burlesque is a lot of people think that it is, you know, striptease and that it is very sexual. And the fact is, like you're saying, it is tease. It is seductive. And the interesting part is, at every one of your shows, there is a very large contingency of women. Women love watching your shows. And and. I have to tell you, it's because it inspires us. It inspires us to get in touch with our our sensuality and our sexuality, but more our sensuality. And we want to feel that about ourselves. Don't you, Marnie? Oh, for sure. And and Tim, I mean, you, you'd appreciate that if your girlfriend <laughs> was really in tune or is really in tune with her, her sexual